It's an honor tonight to be in the house of God again. Amen. It's an honor that the Lord has moved like He has the last few services we've had. And uh, I've found that if we allow God to move, we'll see a move of God. If we will just open up hope again in our life. You know, the first message was hope. Last night was about how that little by little, God has a big plan, don't He? Well, God's got a big plan, Brother Calvin, and His plan's laid out and perfectly fit together. But tonight I want to take you behind the veil of God for a few minutes. And I want you to think about, Heather and I wrote a song once, it's called Behind the Veil. And you know tonight that uh, you may think that nobody sees the veil that's in front of each and every one of us. How many ever seen a bride that has the veil over her face? You know what? You know the reason that's there? It resembles a lot of things. But she wants to leave just a little bit of mystery to that veil so finally that her, that her groom gets to roll back and see the beauty that God has provided. Yeah. One of these days, <laughs> that great veil. You know, Jesus, when He went to Calvary, and we're going to go into that, the Bible says that that veil was split, Brother Calvin, from top yes. to bottom. And I thought about tonight. We've got some people that's hiding things behind their veil that we need to get out. The Lord told me that. He spoke to us this message. Tonight, I want you to leave here. I really don't believe that we've seen healings. But I'm going to tell you tonight, I still believe in healing. I still know without a shadow of a doubt that we serve a healing Jesus. I still know that God will heal any disease that there's out there. I'm a firm believer in that. I know because I've been healed myself, Brother Kevin. See, you come too late to tell me that God can't heal. Did you know that behind God's veil, this is a poor excuse, but behind God's veil, a lot of things can take place. Bless him, <laughs> Bless him. he said right. Anybody that meant something like that means bless, little brother. <laughs> but you know what? It's a makeshift veil to give you just a little bit of illustration tonight of what can really happen behind God's veil. I'm going to be going in two folds of this message tonight, so I want you to really pay attention because we're going two different directions, and I'm going to show you two different things, the way that things work in God's Word. I mean, I love the Word. You know, you can get up and preach everything you want to preach, but if you can't back it up with the Word, you just said a bunch of words. And I've said this, and I still say this, and this is truth. You can get up, I can tell you anything in the world. I can speak with the most fluently words, Brother Kevin. I can speak with the most educated voice that you've ever seen. But if everything I say goes against this word, I've just lied to you. I've just lied. But you know what? If I can back it up with the word, it stands for itself. And you know what? (laughs) I thank God for His holy word tonight. How many loves the word of God? I thank you, Lord, for leaving us that word. Go to Hebrews chapter 9 with me. We're going to be reading a little bit lengthy, but I think it's important that you see 
And I am going to try, believe it or not, to get out of here quick, Brother Danny. So it was 32 minutes to verse 9 and 41 lines tonight. So maybe we can get a little quicker tonight. Or maybe maybe longer, Brother Danny. So I don't know. We don't put a time limit on God. And I know that. And, uh, but tonight, I want you to know something. We love you. You know, it, it took me years to be able to look at somebody and tell them I love them, Brother Kevin. I was raised in a life where a good family. But you know, it took me in my heart. Some, I just never could hardly look at someone and say that, especially somebody you didn't know. But you know what? When the love of Jesus got in me, there's something changed. <laughs> it brought the love forth. Now I'm going to be talking to you tonight about a little bit about the Old Covenant. Behind the veil. And I want to read to you. I want you to, I'm going to break down just a few things. I want you to listen here. Then verily, the first covenant, chapter 9 of Hebrews, verse 1, had also ordinances of divine service and a worldly sanctuary. Everybody say worldly sanctuary. For there was a tabernacle made, first wherein was a candlestick, and the table, and the shoe bread, which is called the sanctuary. And after the second veil, everybody say veil, the tabernacle, which was called the holiest of all, and had a golden censer and the ark of the covenant overlaid round about with gold, wherein was the gold pot that had manna and Aaron's rod that budded and the tables of the covenant. And over... It, the sherubs uh, of glory, shadowing the mercy seat, (laughs) of which we cannot now speak particularly, which means not in details. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priests went always into the first tabernacle and accomplished the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which means he took blood, everybody. Which he offered for himself. Everybody say, for himself. Now this is good if you'll think about this. And for the errors of the people. And the Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way to the holiest of all was not yet made. Manifest while it was the first was yet standing. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. But I'm going to take this to stop right here. And I want you to think about, for a minute, in your mind, picture what that great tabernacle looked like. Around it, I can go in the old Bible and break it down, was this great curtains. We've all studied this a million times. But around it, if you haven't, they had great big curtains, big drapes, and it was all around it. Some said it was up to four inches thick. And they went around it and that you went into the place that they call the Holy of Holies. And that's where the Ark of the Covenant was. And that's where the mercy seat was. And every year the priest would have to go in. He would have to pray and not have no sin in his life. Not nothing. And that, correct me scholars if I'm wrong, they tied a rope around his leg. And he would walk in there, and if he had any sin in his life, he would what? Die, graveyard dead. And you mess with God, you mess with something very strong, by the way. 
And he would make his way, and they'd ring a little bell, and he'd make his way into the Holy of Holies. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even feel worthy to walk behind it, even though that's a little curtain, believe it or not, because such power there would have been in that place. To just open up that veil just this much, everybody. Can you imagine what that would have felt like? To just tuck that kind of presence with God. Walked in behind the Holy of Holies and for the people of God laid down, poured the blood on the mercy seat for the atonement for all of our sins. That's the whole law, wasn't it? They done it Something had to die, and blood had to be shed. That's right, Levi. Blood had to be shed. Yes, Lord. Now that's quite elementary. We've studied this through the years a lot. But you, can you just now see what it would have looked like—the bloodbath outside of that place, Brother Calvin? Of them having to find they didn't—they didn't slay something that was weakly. They slayed the best they could find. How much are we giving to the God? Are we giving Him the best that we got? Come on, Come on. Or are we giving Him the weakly things? Oh, yeah. good, good. Are we giving Him the weekly? or are we giving Him the best? But you know what? What happened was kind of miraculous that when they would go back there, that priest, if he died, they'd drag him out because they know they was in the presence. How many of us tonight, we come in the house of God, we ought to have the same reverence. That we're in the presence of something holy. That we're in the presence of something that is magnificent. That we're in the presence of the Most High God that's got an anointing enough to shake this earth and cause the foundation of the earth to split asunder with just one drop of His little hat, the big hat, in heaven in this whole earth we just shake and tremble at His anointing and His power. But let's walk just a little further in this Scripture. The Holy Ghost, verse 8, we'll read that. This signifying that the way to the holiest of all was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure for the time then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make Him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience, which stood only in meats and drinks and divers' washings and carnal ordinances imposed unto them to the time of Reformation. Now here's where it gets good. But Christ, everybody say, but Christ, being come the what? The high priest of what? Good things. You know what? Jesus is good. <laughs> In case you didn't know it, He's good. <laughs> good things to come by greater and more perfect tabernacle. Not made with hands. <laughs> that is to say, not of this building. Amen. Come on. Now, did you know that you could go to Trump Towers right now, or Taj Mahal, or anywhere you want to go, and you could look at the greatest buildings that was ever built, 
You could go to Solomon's temple, Brother Kevin, and you could go, Brother Danny, to, to any place that you wanted to go. And it even, even is not a glimpse of the temple that Jesus Christ had in Him. See, that's a different building. He's talking about a whole different temple. Not one made with the hands of man. You know what we try to do sometimes? We try to fix things with our hands. We try to fix things with our hands. When Jesus is saying, man, I'm a temple. (laughs) I'm a great building. (laughs) I'm a great structure. (laughs) I've got structure in me that you cannot believe. Because I've not been made with man's hands. You realize that a surgeon, when he does surgery, what does he do? He washes his hands. He cleans himself up because he does not want no foreign particles from him to get in your body while he's doing surgery on you. You know what? Untaintedness. Jesus has untaintedness about him. You know that's why if we could only, for just a glimpse, tap in to his untainted holiness... You know what kind of move of God we would have here tonight? If we would just for one minute, all of us, for a few seconds here, get in one mind and one accord. One mind. It ain't no one preacher. It ain't no one teacher. It ain't no one person of any one thing. It's one mind, one accord, one sink. One worship, one praise, one lifting up the Most High God. All of us put all these other entities out of our mind tonight. And we decide, you know what, I'm wanting to walk in to your true Holy of Holies. See the Holy of Holies. Now I'm going to show you a little bit more. It says, neither, verse 12, by the blood of goats and calves, but by His own blood He entered... In once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Woo! I tell you what. Hallelujah. For if the blood of bulls and goats and ashes and heifers sprinkling the unclean sanctified to the purity of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, Purge your conscience from dead works to serve what? The living God. (laughs) And for this cause, He is the mediator of the New Testament. Everybody say New Testament. That by the means of what? Death. For redemption of the transgression that were under the First Testament, they which are called might receive what? Everybody say, the promise. <laughs> He's given us a promise tonight. <laughs> of eternal inheritance. For where the testament is, there must also be necessity, be the death of the tester. You know what? I've never read that. To the, I've read that several times. But before the testimony come forth, you had to have the death of the tester. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> Sometimes, do you ever pass a test in church or in school? Have you ever took a test? Anybody here ever took a test? Yeah. Raise your hand if you took yeah. a test. Everybody raise your hands. You've took a test in school. How many has ever 
failed a test in school. Yeah. <laughs> How many of you felt bad when you failed that test in school? <laughs> How many didn't care like today? <laughs> Sometimes it's the final grade that makes the difference. You hear me? It's the test. Jesus was born in what? He took on flesh, didn't he? Yep. Yes, Lord. He came down here and took the greatest test that anybody had ever taken. Think about that. I, 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 I look at things different sometimes. My mind, I guess, goes in a different direction. Unless someone said, Preacher's mind's fire a little different. I believe they do, Brother Kevin. But so what happened was, he took the greatest test. He showed that he could overcome it. You know what Satan was probably sitting and saying? You could no way overcome. But you know what? Jesus said, you know what? I'm going to prove to you. I can overcome all these trials that this world throws. And you know what? By His stripes, you all know that we're made whole. (laughs) By His stripes, we were made available to walk in to the Holy of Holies in a different way. By His stripes. It says... Wherein neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. For Moses had spoken every precept to the people according to the law. He took the blood of calves and a goat with water and scarlet and wood and, and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God enjoyed to you. Moreover, he sprinkled the blood both by tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without the shedding of blood is no remission. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in heaven should be purified with these. But the heavenly things themselves were better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, <laughs> which are the figures of truth, but into heaven itself now appeared in the presence of God for us. You know what? He is the high priest. He has the authority. You know what? The president has the authority to veto things. Do you know that? He has that authority. Jesus has got a lot of more authority than the president. <laughs> when he says it's vetoed, it's vetoed. When he tells Satan that you're to move on, he has to move on. Because you know why? He conquered death and the grave. <laughs> he rose again. You know, this is you can preach this all night long. But the truth of it is, I want you to look about what really happened when Jesus died. I'm, I'm laying some groundwork here. This is a little little bit long getting to where I'm getting. But I want to lay some groundwork for you. What happened when Jesus died? He really didn't die. But after He died in the flesh, He proved that He could overcome. You know what? You can overcome tonight. You can overcome. Matthew chapter 27. 
Verse 51. This was after Jesus was crucified. And it, and it said, And Jesus cried with a loud voice and yielded up the ghost. Verse 50. Matthew chapter 27. Verse 50. Jesus, He cried again with a loud voice and yielded up the ghost. I thought about that loud voice. You know what? People say all the time, I want to sit around and be quiet. What? What? Jesus cried with a loud voice. <laughs> you know what? If you want His attention, you might want to call out a little bit loud sometime. Jesus, I need something for you. <laughs> and behold, the veil of the temple was rent twain from top to bottom. And the earth did quake. And the rocks rent. And the graves were opened, and many bodies of the saints which slept arose. And there came out of the graves, graves after His resurrection, and went into the holy city, and appeared unto many. <laughs> oh, let me tell you something tonight, Brother Wendell. What happened was, when that old law fell away, there was a New Testament born. <laughs> that all of a sudden anointing of God headed down through that great place and that big veil, that old temple that was sitting there that they had around it, it just ripped from top to bottom. The earth shook and everything started to yield forth. You know what happened? Is there was a new, new, new testament which was involved with the blood of Jesus. And behind that veil no more was needed. You know what? A lot of times, behind that veil, if we only know that the Comforter, that Jesus, the Comforter, when that veil was open, that Comforter was allowed to come out. See, Jesus was the Comforter while He was here. He right. said, I must go. Right. Yeah. He said, I must go that the yeah. Comforter may come. Yeah. So He left so that the Comforter could come and be with us. You know what? I don't know what happened when that opened up, but... Let me tell you something. If I, if you would have been there, your life would have been changed today. If you would have only probably have seen what actually took place at the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. If in, in today, we're living in the year two thousand and fourteen, brother mine. What does that mean to us today? Is that still good today? Yes. Are we living like it's still good? I want to talk to you about the veil of God. Did you know we can all hide behind a veil? I want to talk to you about the things that we hide behind our personal veil. Did you know that I guarantee you, each and every one of us here tonight, if we really want to break it down, there's some thing that's hidden behind our veil. There's some things that might be hindering the anointing of the Holy Ghost to hit into our life the way we need it to go. You know what? I've been in the divine move of the Holy Ghost. I've been, Brother Danny, where I felt that Lord shake my bones. I'll never forget the night that I received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It was like fire 
shedding through my veins and my body. It was like a fire that I could not explain, but it consumed me. Brother, Brother Danny, it hit through my body and shot out my feet. I got a hold of something that was powerful, something that was truly anointing. I said, I was one of these skeptics, everybody. I was one of these fellas that made fun of it. I ain't going to lie to you. But God said, you know what? I want to take somebody that makes fun of it, and I'm going to show them what it's really about. Let me tell you something. God will show you what it's really about tonight. You know what? You've got a veil in your life. A lot of times we like to go hide ourselves behind our little veil, don't we? What could be hidden or veil, Brother Daniel? Could I go back to you and I say, All right, nobody's seeing me. Maybe, Lord, nobody knows but me and you. Lord, may I may have a problem with alcohol that I don't tell nobody about. Lord, behind my veil, I may have a problem. I may be one of these people who sits and looks at things that they don't need to look at. Lord, I'm behind my veil. I may be hiding things, lies that I've told that I've never let nobody know about. Lord, I may have some things behind my veil that might. <laughs> Lord, what's going on behind my back? You know what you can be doing? There can be some things that block you from receiving your blessings from God. It could be. I never forget the night that I got saved. I don't know why the Lord just took me that way. I know without a shadow of a doubt what was behind my veil wasn't good. You know the good part about it was nobody had to know what was behind my veil but me and God. But what was behind there wasn't good. And you know what? Even after you're saved, you can build up a wall. Yes, you can. You can build a veil up. Yes, you can. And behind that wall, it be things that you don't never want to nobody to know. But let me tell you something. There's an all-seeing eye. And behind that veil. Hallelujah. Behind that veil. We're not going to hide it. See, we can walk around hiding behind the veil. We can even, maybe sometimes, but then we can get back in here and we can say, you know, whoo, yeah, I'm a good person. Yeah, I'm good. I'm wonderful. Yeah, look at me. But that, you're, you're doing that. You're just kind of looking out and saying, yeah. But they ain't seeing what's really back here. What's really back there is what's really going to get us all in trouble if we ain't careful. What's really back behind that veil can be the one thing that can be your freedom if you'll just let it go. Sometimes it can be one thing. 
I know. That's good. One thing can keep us in a little shell that we can't never get out of. One thing. You ever think of that? How many of you have ever laid up all night over one little thing? Yeah. <laughs> one thing. Let it bother me all night and wake up the next morning and say, I just let this take a whole night's sleep from me. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And you get up the next morning, your eyes sweat out your head, and you're thinking, man, why on earth have I let this one thing disrupt my veil? That's good. Disrupt things that happen between us and God. But you know what? (laughs) There's another veil I want to tell you about. Praise the Lord. It's the veil of protection. <laughs> Jesus, when he went to Calvary, not only did he rent that veil from top to bottom, he defeated lots of things. He put a protection. The Bible says he'll put a hedge around you. Yeah. You know what he'll do? Is he'll put a protective hedge around you. And you know what you can do? <laughs> uh-huh. You can go when you when you feel like that you can't go no further. When you feel like that everything in your world is turned upside down. You feel like when you call your preacher or your best friend, you ain't got an answer. Come on. How many ever called, wanted to hold somebody really bad on the phone and all it went was beep, 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 beep. Then you get mad and you call this and then it goes beep, 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 beep. But you know what God may be telling you the whole time? Why aren't you getting behind that veil? Why aren't you getting behind the veil that I've got for you? See, there's two different ways. You can build a wall of hiding or you can build a wall that God will build that won't let Satan penetrate your life. You know what Satan's trying to do? He's been trying to penetrate for years. He tried it with Jesus and Jesus told him that he tried him for when he was when he fasted, he told him he said he said, Get thee behind me, Satan. <laughs> You know what we need to do? Once and for all, we need to open up our veil. And when you say, you know what? That one thing that's been holding me back has got to go. You know what? We've got to get a bulldog determination to say, you know what? It's got to go. That, that defeating spirit's got to go. And you know how it has to go? Is we need to go in behind our little veil. Our secret hiding place. Our little prayer closet. Our little place that nobody else knows about. See, what's happened in the church world? We have forgot about our secret hiding place with God. We forgot about our little private place that we all need to go. You know where we go? We call everybody we know. We get each year's spiteful tongue. We talk about everybody. We get on the phone. We call this and Man, has that ever happened in this part of the country? We'll call everybody in the country and everybody wants to talk about anybody's small town. You know, it's every small town. Everybody wants to gossip and get on the phone and talk about this. What what really needs to happen is, let me give you an example. We need to go in our little lake. And when you say, Father, Lord, Lord, forgive me. Lord, I need strength, Lord. Lord, I've done wrong, Lord. There's things in my life that I've got to let go of, Lord. Lord, there's 
you so much. You know what the Lord will tell you, said, son, I love you. Yes. I love you. Yes. I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you. And you know what will happen is you can come out of that mail a different person with yes. just one trip. Just one trip. Yeah. We make this thing like a combination lock too hard. Too hard. Too complicated. It's not that hard, Brother Cavan. It's just say, I, I gotta have you God. I gotta have you. I gotta have you. I gotta have you. Just like a have you remember that them Coke commercials, you know, I gotta have it or I gotta have this or that. We we gotta have it. Yeah. Now you say I've got him, but what am I gonna do with him? What we do is we get stalemate. We say, well, all right, I've got you, Jesus. But now what am I really going to do with it? You know what we need to do? We need to find our way every time we get a change. Back to that place in the mercy seat. You know what? He does have mercy. He has more mercy than we've ever known. His mercy seat endureth forever. You don't have to go out here and kill nothing or sprinkle no blood. He was the precious blood that set us all free. And tonight, He will set us free. He'll deliver us. He'll heal our bodies. He'll heal our minds. He'll heal our spirit. He'll break the chains of darkness. We'll no longer have to see in the darkness. He was so the life. Praise so he the Lord. Praise the Lord. Tonight, tonight, we certainly showed me the life. There was nothing like it. Oh, hallelujah. There's no drug that no one can take that and make me feel like what I felt when I felt Jesus come into my life. There's no pill that you can get a hold of that can truly make you feel like what I felt. There's nobody can ever tell you that they can be anything that was more beautiful. No courage, more anointed. When I got a hold of that true man of God, when I got behind his veil, when I finally walked into his veil. See, a lot of us fall short before we walk in. You know what we do? We let the devil. We'll say, Lord, I'm going to get close to you. I'm going to get real close. We'll make it up our mind. Boy, I tell you what, we'll leave a good service. And we'll say, Lord, I'm going to make it. I'm going to get close. And we'll get right to starting to go into finally getting where we need to be with God. And you will have a distraction. I'll meet you right here. It might be a phone call. One of our kids called us. You need to go do this. I need you to do this. See, the devil, and I ain't saying the devil is always the devil, but the biggest percent of the time, the devil will distract you. One of the biggest tricks he'll tell you is right before you walk in, you ain't worthy. You ain't worthy. You've seen it before. You ain't worthy. You Look at you. You can't make it. You can't walk in there. Everybody knows that you're no hypocrite. Ain't that what people, what the devil likes to do? Yeah. And then before you get out, even it'll happen between, Lord, let's forgive me, look at this. Husbands and wives, they see more of everybody than anybody. They say, well, I look at him. You're going in there to pray the way you just acted. Oh, they ain't nothing to you. Come on, brother. That's the devil. Yeah. He's putting a little, he's building a wall right there before you. And the Lord's sitting in here the whole time. You know what he's doing? 
He creates men on man. <laughs> Woo! He creates our man. Just grab a hold. Just grab a hold of it. Come on, man. I've got something for you behind this rail. Just grab a hold of it. Have you ever seen people do that? Fixing like this, and they're sitting, fixing to grab a hold of something. And they're sitting there just, just reach from my arm. Just reach. Just reach. You know what? He's always right there. Oh, we just got to reach out and grab it. Oh, <laughs> Brother Cam was talking about that last night, Brother Cam. We got to reach out and grab it. He's done paying the price. He's sitting there with his, with his, the veil's tore open, everybody. <laughs> it's wide open. It's never been closed. It's open now. We ain't got to do that. It's open. And he's sitting there saying, come on, just get to me. Just get to me. Don't worry about all these other circumstances. Just get to me. I've got it right in here. It's in there. It's behind my veil. It's not, hallelujah. It's not made by man. It's made by me. It's paid for. It's the most beautiful place. It's the most beautiful thing that you've ever got hold. You know, in the, even in the spirit, there's beauty in God. Absolutely. Praise the Lord. Do you know that? Yeah. Even in spirit. I don't know how to explain that. But it's a beautiful thing when you get in contact with God. Yeah. There ain't nothing ugly about it. I've never seen it. I'll tell you what, you can take the ugliest old person in the world with his eye hanging here, one down here, and see the love of God on him and they sell it out of beauty. That's right. There's something. I have been around people that people look at my in the world look at and say, boy, they don't look like nothing. You know what? You grab a hold of that hand. Feel something that will know that they've been in the presence of something mighty. <laughs> Feel like they've been in the presence of something that's miraculous. <laughs> Let me tell you something tonight. We can get in the presence of something <laughs> We can get in the presence of something that's far beyond that little curtain I got thrown up there. But there's something tonight. We, if, if that be the case, and I preach this a lot. If you've heard me preach, you've heard me say this before. And I'm a firm believer in this. We have people that teach today. You can make it to a certain point, and that's all you've got to do. If that be the case, that would be the boringest thing in the world. Yeah. yeah. Amen. That's right. God has He says He owns a cattle of a thousand fields. You know what that means, really? He has it all. We ain't even tapped into this much. No. And what I'm saying with telling you this tonight is, if that be the case, we'd all make it to a comfort zone and we just all quit and all of us sit and say, well, I'm going to make it here. Why don't I want to do anything else? But God ain't set up that way. He's got more than we ever want. And you can be a hundred year old and God can let the north of the Holy Ghost get you and you can move to a new level with God like you've never been before. You can be a hundred year old There's no limit to this. We limit God, but He's not limited. We get people, no wonder people get bored. No wonder all the people out here in the world is bored. There, everybody's pulling out a stopping point. Well, it's as high as you can get. That ain't high as you can go. You can get as high as what God wants you to go. You just have to say, God, I want it. God, I want it. God, I want it. He's sitting there the whole time saying, Woo! I'm 
I'm reaching for you. I've got it. Just come get it. Just walk on in. It's sitting there. It's sitting there. How many kids ever come to your house that's hungry? How many got kids? Yeah. Every one of them. If you've got kids that's hungry that come to your house, would you stand next to free jerry like this in the culvert and say, Mm-mm. No. 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 You can't have my food. That's my food. You can't have it. You know what you'll do for your kids? Be honest. You'll open that. You'll say, come and die. I don't want to see you leave hungry. <laughs> I don't want to see you leave hungry. I want to see you live with your belly full. I want to see you leave with an anointing of God on you. I want to see you filled up. You know why? Because you love that child. Yeah. You want to see him fed. How many of us wants to see other people fed the same way? The Bible says it's easy to love those that you know. But what about those you don't know? How much more do we need to show that we don't care to open up? And I ain't talking about opening up. I'm talking about spiritually. We need to learn to open up what God has and say, this is good what we've got. <laughs> it ain't something phony. It ain't something, you know, there, that's what the whole thing. A lot of people is that for years we've had these bozos go around with phony stuff feeding people. But there's a real thing that God has really come. It's a real anointing. Yeah. It has so much power. Hallelujah. That it'll set you free. It'll give you a freedom like you've never had before. Tonight, the question is, do we really want to be fed? Are we really hungry? You know what? We're living in a land where every one of us are blessed so much that we're not hungry anymore. Come on. That's right. Thank you. Preach it, brother. Come on. Today, I went to Walmart. I seen something that just brought a tear in my eye. I don't know why it did. I seen a young couple there. The lady was in a wheelchair. Both of them was pretty young, you know. I mean, the guy was young, and he was his wife. And he had a little young child. That husband was pushing his wife around in Walmart. You could tell something was wrong with the lady. I don't know what it was. But he stopped. You know what he did? He looked at her hair. It was so one of those. He, he seen a little hair in a place on her head. And he stopped. And he, he said, Honey, I see him trying to fix her hair and make sure that everything was in place. Something about that, oh man, that's love. <laughs> he loved her. And you could tell he was so much into taking care of her. He really wanted to just be there to take care of her and make sure every little hair was in place in her head. You could tell she didn't see it, you know. That is love that we need the same type of desire that we need to have for Jesus. That's right. He's got that much love for you. That is true. Tonight, I, I tell you what, we've, been, we've had some good services, but I really believe. 
that if we will go behind God's veil and say, this is it, Lord. I'm landing on that tonight. I'm landing that. I've been worried about some things. I've been troubled about some decisions I've been wanting to make. I'm going to leave it there. You're going to take it behind the veil. You know, sometimes the decisions are being made. Yet, sometimes they're small. But they're all important in the eyes of God. Yes. You know, I've asked God for people who think it'd be some of the dumbest things. I've asked Him for things that I ain't talking about monetary, but I'm talking about, Lord, help me to make this little decision. You know, sometimes the littlest decision can make the greatest impact in your life. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know what, tonight? I wanted to come and they would play some music real soft. I don't want you. I want y'all to play music. I don't want you to sing. I just want you to play me some music. Feel that. I don't know what it was like when I was there going to the Holy Holies. And tonight, I'm by no means saying I'm trying to represent because I know the old law was torn away with. And I know that the New Testament, He is the ultimate sacrifice. Is that behind that little layer right there?